0: Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air, online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films, every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. After publicly clashing in a debate over the concept of Islamic reform in the Muslim world, Prominent atheist philosopher Sam Harris and Islamist-turned-liberal Muslim Majid Nawaz explore their real or imagined divides by clearly and rationally dissecting their disagreements. Through the course of their discussions, they tackle troubling passages from the Quran, the importance of, of the precision of language in terms such as jihadism, Islamist, and radical, and the difficulty in finding helpful and honest responses in a fraught political terrain. And that is the story behind this incredibly well done and beautifully crafted film. It's called a documentary film. It's called Islam and the Future of Tolerance. And we're the film is co-directed by Jay Shapiro and Desh Amila. And we're fortunate to have with us the director, Jay Shapiro, to talk about this beautiful new film that will be opening on all the major Platforms, the VOD platforms, including Hulu, iTunes, Amazon. Check it out. It is uh, a wonderful watch. Uh, and uh, we're joined today by the uh, co-director Jay Shapiro. Jay, welcome to Film School.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you so much for being here. Well, this is, as I said, it is a it is a film that is measured, literate, articulate, engaging. Because of the technique that you use in the in the telling of the story, but also our two our two main speakers, Sam Harris and Majid Nawaz. Now, tell me a little bit about how this project came about.
1: Sure. Um, Yeah. The the short version of the the story is I you know I've been following Sam's career and Majid's career and it's been a Uh, have benefited greatly from it, just um, following it and reading their work. I read their book, their collaborative book, and uh, just uh, was sort of blown away by it. Immediately, every conversation I had on this particular topic uh, was more productive, uh, was better. I felt like I could get the thoughts that were in my head out of my mouth a lot uh, cleaner uh, without tripping up too much. I could be understood a lot better. So it just really um, made a huge impact for me. And there's, uh, there's a company, a live events company that does intellectual live events and all kinds of cool things um, in Australia called Think, Inc., that was hosting uh, the two speakers, Sam and Majid, for a, uh, a tour. And, yeah, I reached out to them and basically said, you know, I'm a, I'm a filmmaker and I think there's something to do here to sort of help amplify this conversation and bring it to uh, another medium. Uh, yeah, one thing led to another. It became a reality uh, pretty quickly after that
0: were the two principals on board right away? Did Sam and uh, Majid jump at the opportunity? What Was it? <clears throat> was there sort of a courtship involved here? Or?
1: Yeah. I mean, there's, there's always a bit of a courtship because it's, um, you know, I, I, I take the role quite seriously, as I hope most or all documentary filmmakers should, of, you know, we're dealing with real people in real life, especially with a subject this um, tricky and this delicate. There's, um, you know, trust. Involved, so even before, you, you know, they they wanted to amplify it, but there wasn't much of a of a challenge to be like, yeah, we should have a film made about this, but who's going to make it, and you know, do, can we can we trust them, and and are we all going to do a good job here? Uh, so there was a bit of negotiation there, but not not a hard one. You know, I met Sam and and Majid individually, and really wanted to explain what I wanted to accomplish with it and how I wanted to treat it, and uh, yeah, once we were all sort of comfortable, which didn't take very long, we we dove we dove into it. Yeah. The film sort
0: of pivots on the on the uh, program you're describing, where Majid was there to defend. There was a question. It's this kind of a, almost it feels like a parliamentary sort of uh, yeah. arguments that go back and forth on this particular program. Uh, what was the name of it again? I'm sorry. The um,
1: yeah, it, it's it's called Intelligence Squared. Intelligence um, it's a fantastic program. It, yeah. It's. Um, in Manhattan, on the Upper West Side, they they hold these what's called Oxford-style debates, there where go. there's a uh, yeah, there's a motion that's sort of a uh, affirmative statement rather than a question. It's not like tonight we're going to debate global warming. It's more like there's an affirmative statement, and you're either for the statement or against the statement. There's two on either side, and uh, yeah, it's called Oxford-style debating. So that night, the motion was Islam is a religion of peace. That was the statement. Um, yeah, and Majid and a debating partner of his, a woman named Zeba Khan, were for the motion. Mm-hmm. And against the motion was Ayan Hirsi Ali and Douglas Murray. Uh, that's where, and Sam was just there in the audience. He had become a friend of Ayan and um, he had never met Majid before. They ended up meeting, we tell the story in the film, of course, they ended up meeting in a um, sort of, you know, dinner after the debate, and that's where this initial sort of clash and, you know, near fistfight happened. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, which then... Luckily for all of us, they reapproached four years later, and it was much, much more fruitful and productive, um, which is great. You know, e- even regardless of the actual content of the film or the arguments made, the fact that it celebrates two people who clashed and you know, were at each other's throats, and then were able to try again in good faith at a different time is something that hopefully all of us can learn from. Even if you disagree with every single word in the film, uh, that's great. It, maybe you could at least, we could, I think we've all been there and all have ex- felt that, maybe especially in the in the recent political climate of really just feeling like a conversation that's hopeless with someone, whether it's a stranger or a friend or whoever. Um, there's some some uh, evidence in this story that we tell that, that um, it's, not, it's not always as, as much of a dead end as it, as it can feel like initially.
0: And y- absolutely. Th- that is the thing about this film. It is such a, uh, it, it's, the the arguments given are very clear and understandable. It, it, the, the, both of this, uh, both Sam and Majid, give these arguments sort of intellectual heft. They also give it context. They they have they are wonderful in terms of their ability to argue their point uh, and do it very effectively. Uh, now with Majid, it, it especially a Western audience. There's a there's a bit of a steeper hill to climb for him in terms of how he lays out his arguments. But nonetheless, uh, if you spend the time with this film, listening to what they have to say uh, and the back and forth, and Sam is a obviously a, a worthy um, foil for Majid in terms of challenging the things that he's saying and the, these arguments that that are being made. But it's a, it's a very learned discussion and, and a very civil discussion as well. Uh, I didn't pick up from the initial dinner that you described that, it w- that there was certainly tension from the, the story that we heard from, from both of them. Uh, and, and, it w- it's, and again, I mean, it, these are we're having these discussions not in a vacuum. We're having these discussions in a world which is increasingly polarized. It feels like that it yeah. feels like we're dividing up into teams in ways that do not bode well for future conversation so uh it is just it's it's such a a ter- it's such a wonderful way that you've done this because it 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 shows people that that may not be disposed to have a discussion with someone they don't agree with that there is in fact there is a way <laughs> that we can do this yeah so uh, not sure if I have a, even a question there, but I just I appreciate the way that this film sort of lays out the 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 arguments and the stories behind the uh, these different arguments. Um, let's Thank
1: you. yeah yeah I mean it was uh, a a big challenge. Obviously, I mean the film uh, formally is a big challenge to try to make a visual experience out of literally a phone call <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, that <laughs> happened years ago. So that was that was a challenge. But then, as you're alluding to, intellectually the challenge of um, doing the balancing act <laughs> and trying to take care of these arguments and present them knowing we have a limited amount of time and amount of attention in, this, in the form of, of film uh, is also just, just tricky. And it, one like little anecdote I could give there, sure. uh, as far as the form goes, as well, and how that interplay happens is, you know, we went through like thirty different ways to open this film. Yeah, you know, at one point we started it with the uh, the now infamous Bill Maher Ben Affleck clash with Sam. At one point we started it in Australia and told it backwards. At one point we started it in jail. Like we tried everything, mm-hmm. and in the end, what you'll see is we're like, let's just take a step back. It's just black with white credits on screen and just the phone call beginning. Because Majid gives, yeah, I won't get it verbatim here, but you know, basically says um, where you know introduces the, the tightrope ro- tightrope walker analogy, which we obviously loved so much that we, we filmed it, which you'll see later in the film. But he you know he uses the analogy right up front and says we're about to walk this tightrope, and we're trying to bring people along with us who, in many cases, in many instances, are somewhat hesitant to change and take those steps. And, it, and then he says, and it's important that we have this conversation as, in as responsible a way as possible. Yeah. And, and like, as you said, we're not having these in a vacuum. We can we can have the sort of philosophical conversations <laughs> quietly in our own room, but when you're going to try to do it in any sort of public uh, space, uh, it's not a vacuum, and it is important that we have them responsibly. So that, hopefully formally, starting the film that way, we decided it's just our kind of promise to the audience that we are also as filmmakers going to try to take this subject matter seriously. So we understand how delicate it is. We're going to try to do that tight rope walk ourselves in this film. I'm sure we slip and fall for people, which is great. Like I hope people don't think that everything in this film is perfect. It's a very complicated conversation, but that was just this opening initial promise that we're also going to try to do the tightrope walk here. And if you give us a little time, we'll, we'll see how far we can get on it. Um, know, hopefully do some good so uh, yeah we the tying the visual metaphor yes. with the intellectual edit that we were trying to do um, uh, you know was was the whole challenge for this particular
0: project it's a beautiful film to look at I really want people to know that, that, that these visual metaphors that you that you bring into it are, are, are they're wonderful because uh, you couldn't have you know uh, you know a hundred minute talking heads the way I mean in some ways I, I hearken back to to my dinner with andre watching this film Mm,
1: yeah yeah. and
0: and, but that was that's a different time it's a different kind of movie and you know there's there but i felt like this is what i was in a in a in a very in a very complimentary way i was was sort of watching my dinner with andre
1: um yeah, one of my if I if I could just throw a shout out to Errol Morris, who I think anyone who sees it will see the influence that he's had on me as well. Just formally, just yeah. um, speaking to the camera and the metaphors and stuff. Right, yeah, I think he's you know obviously he's the king at at talking head films um, with the unknown known and of course the fog of war, uh, just brilliantly done. And I watched them you know <laughs> many many times in preparation for brainstorming about how to pull this
0: one off. Yeah, the thin blue line is it, 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 it changed my my view of cinema when I the first time I saw it. It yeah. opened up the, the, the world of documentary filmmaker in a way that I'd never seen and experienced before. So Yeah. Um me too. Yeah and so uh, going back, let's, by the way, remind our, our listeners that we're speaking with Jay Shapiro. He is the co-director, along with Desh Amila, with the, uh, for the film uh, Islam and the Future of Tolerance. I'm going to take a step back and sort of uh, describe in some broad outlines... Majid uh, Nawaz and Sam Harris—sort of their backstory, uh, if you will. I, I don't want to get into a whole lot of detail because I think it's for viewers to experience. But in general terms, who is Sam Harris?
1: Yeah, yeah. So Sam, um, uh, we go through a little crash course in this in the film. Um, Sam started writing right after 9/11. You know, he, he says he, you know, he started putting pen to paper for what became his first book called the end of faith on like September 12th, 2001, uh, that book along with Christopher Hitchens, um, with, I guess, uh, uh, God is not great. And Daniel Dennett and Richard Dawkins kind of got lumped into this new resurgent movement called the, you know, the quote unquote new atheist movement, um, which, you know, I, it probably has some really loose broad definition that we, we could talk about, but that, that was sort of his initial rise to fame, um, uh, got quite a, quite a following. And then he wrote a book called Letter to a Christian Nation, uh, went on to some more of the sort of philosophical writing with a book called Free Will and Lying, uh, The Moral Landscape, which is his, um, sort of master thesis on a, a pitch for objective notions of morality, uh, without invoking any religion. And, um, and then most recently, Waking Up, and now has a, a quite a popular and wonderful podcast called Waking Up, uh, which is tremendous range and a lot of different guests. Um, so that's been sort of his trajectory. Majid, meanwhile, uh, it, he wrote a book called Radical, which is a really wonderful memoir that tells his full story. We tell sort of a 30-minute version of it in the film because it's important context, especially for the second half and his argument. Yeah. Uh, born in the U.K. in uh, Essex and um, experienced... Uh, racism from a group called Combat 18, and sort of just a general, uh, let's say, you know, anti-immigrant stance, which may still be quite prominent uh, worldwide and and certainly in Europe, Uh, and certainly having some sort of identity crisis, uh, maybe shrouded himself around a hip-hop identity, whatever whatever was aligning for him in his life there, he uh, unfortunately targeted that, and he's a very skilled speaker is like a very sharp political communicator. He pointed that talent, unfortunately, in the direction of a group called Hezbollah Tahir, which is, uh, by his definition, which you'll get in the film, an Islamist group, as opposed to a jihadist group, meaning briefly not blowing things up and killing innocent people on the street, but certainly trying to bring about the caliphate uh, through political upheavals and coups and changing people's minds, um, something akin to the Muslim Brotherhood, but maybe even a little more nefarious. Uh, It's illegal in to be a member of it or to participate in it, and I think just about every European country at this point, he was on that track. He became a top recruiter for them, actually. Um, and when 9-11 hit, he happened to be in Egypt and got soon thrown into a prison in sort of a sort of post-9-11 roundup. spent four years in this prison. And by the time he came out, it's a complicated de-radicalization process. By the time he came out, he was questioning a lot of those sort of ideologies that he had fallen into um, and you know, within a couple of years, started advocating for reform within Islam and an embrace of, let's call it, universal liberal human rights values and, and, and trying to mesh them with uh, the, the Muslim identity. Uh, and that's, that's about the moment that he, he and Sam clashed. So he's still in that moment, and he started a group called Quilliam that operates in the U.K. as an anti-extremist think tank and does a lot of incredible work. They have, they have a um, North American chapter as well. That's a bit of the crash course of these, yeah. these two men. So you know, I sort of think of it as, like, Sam is a philosophical thinker. That's his training as a neuroscientist and philosopher. And Majid is a really skilled political thinker. And um, why I was so inspired by their collaboration, it seemed like this genuine effort to find some sort of effective overlap of the philosophical mind, which is really interested in discovering truth, and the, the political mind, which is really interested in discovering effectiveness, and can we say something about this obviously crucial issue that is both truthful and effective? That's not always so easy to do, and that you know that that's why I love their collaboration. But yet the two tracks, if you had paused any moment from 2001 until uh, you know maybe four years ago, and just took a snapshot of where both of the men were in the world, it was a very very different place, which is also sort of a remarkable um, and hopeful about actual, you know, the possibility of collaboration. Sometimes you give up a bit too early. The world's a funny place <laughs> where you can bump into people years later.
0: Well, well, that was a beautiful summation of that, this part of the oh, film. Thanks. And and uh, absolutely right. And you're right. It is about this is a film also about perspective. It's about understanding context. It's about It's about legitimate grievances and, and uh, points of uh, disagreement but as sam harris says in the film we have conversation it's either conversation or it's conflict right. and so th- that's what makes this film so just a, such a wonderful watch and so important for people to check out is this is exactly the 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 way we we need to move forward because increasingly in my opinion the world is approaching some extremely difficult decisions very difficult decisions in terms of the survivability of the species immigration is a part of this all of these kinds of things where we're going to see the world is going to become increasingly more about mass migrations people from different completely different cultures and ways of life are going to need to be somewhere else in the world in a fairly short period of time and we need to figure this out
1: yeah yeah, yeah, I think that's. I mean, that's well said, and it's happening for all sorts of reasons. You alluded to climate, obviously, is a big one. There's all all kinds of reasons why the the globalization train really can't be stopped, even, no. even if people are, are are trying to do that in certain political movements. Um, and we and we have to figure it out for sure. Um, and yeah, I think like the central the way I've been answering a lot of questions that we get in Q and As. And I think it's really important to me is, you know, this film, as, as people hopefully know by this point, it's called Islam and the Future of Tolerance. But for me, I think it's so much more about the subtitle than the first word. This just happens to be an issue that these two men clashed about, of Islam and the notion of reform. But the real underlying conversation is about what is tolerance? What does this really mean in a multicultural world? Uh, what, what are maybe some of the things we have been overlooking about that, the definition of it that, um, are maybe that might be suicidal towards it? What are the limits of it? All of these kind of questions, which we allude to more in the second half of the right. film and right. certainly at the end, without dismissing anybody's sort of take. One, one I think, um, charge that is a bit unfair that people tend to throw at someone like Sam is that they disregard all of the sort of political grievances or all of the non-ideological or religious sort of motivations for what for issues that we see in the world. I don't think that's at all the case that he's making. certainly not the case that I want to make. It's just trying to add that factor onto the table and really weigh it appropriately uh, with a level of honesty. Sometimes it may be a bigger factor, sometimes less of a factor. Yeah. Again, he alludes to some of the stuff in the second half. Um, yeah. But if we, if we ignore that part of the conversation, we do it at our own peril, and not even our own peril. The really unfortunate sort of situation that we find ourselves in now is, bearing it back to this particular issue of Islam, by ignoring this conversation, it, it seems rather clear to me that the, that the people in the most danger are themselves Muslims. Right. Of course, there's some residual violence and other people are, are, are put in danger at times, but the overwhelming uh, majority of victims of the kind of stuff that's talked about in the film are Muslims themselves, worldwide and everywhere else. Right. Um, so the very people that a lot of well-intentioned people are, are hoping to protect by not engaging in these conversations... I think are actually put in more danger, and many of them are feeling really betrayed by what they thought were allies in the West who are just remaining silent on a lot of these issues. Uh, Out of again a well-intentioned desire to be respectful or tolerant of other cultures, and that is the question of what actually is tolerance here. There's to sort of you know play one of Sam Harris's greatest hits. There's a really short quip, and he's very quotable as a philosopher, and there's maybe a really effective one to describe a bit of the problem here, where he says. Tolerance of intolerance is cowardice, yeah. meaning, you know, we have some really challenging um, issues to deal with and moral dilemmas to deal with here. If, if, there, if there is a culture, and this doesn't have to be Islam at all, you could substitute this for any culture, religious or not, right. that is practicing something that conflicts with, with objective universal human rights values. Should women be able to go to school? Should they be able to show their hair? should gay people be allowed to practice their their sexuality all of those kind of questions which feel rather settled in the in a sober objective moral analysis if there's a culture that disagrees with that how do we confront that the desire to be um, respectful and tolerant of that culture but also to champion human rights there's just an an inherent struggle there and how to talk about it how to be effective in, in in our advocacy for human rights uh, is is not easy. It's why that why why it's a um, a tightrope walk. Yeah. And uh, don't let anyone tell you it is easy. Maybe it sounds easy philosophically to just make some sweep, sweeping statement there, but people are very complicated, and identity is very. Emotional, and so to to walk that tightrope and try to, to make effective change is, is crucial. Again, we ignore it at our peril. Yeah. We put everything at risk in our peril yeah. if, if we ignore it. Uh, not just again the people in the line of fire and Muslims who are, are fighting for these rights uh, within their own communities, but maybe our, our own experiment in the West of an open multicultural society. We it's obviously um, <laughs> in danger, and if we if we abandon the space to have the conversation. The conversation will be had, and likely be had, by the far right, or by or by whoever you probably don't want to have it. However, you define those terms, um, the conversation is going to be had, whether we want it to be had or not. So, we ought to learn how to have it. Yeah,
0: I could not agree more. I, I think I'm spoiler alert here. Uh, it's about free speech. It's about creating a space for for open discussion, free speech, allowing that to happen, and 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 embracing just as Sam does, and as well as uh Majid does as well that that uh we should be able to talk about these things we also should be able to acknowledge the sometimes the elephant in the room t- and, and and in terms of perceptions um and uh, there's a very telling uh part in uh, near the in, the end of the film where uh Majid starts to t- talk about being sort of undone by uh by what you what you described as uh sort of the the here and now reality as opposed to seeing a bigger picture. I don't know if I explained that very well. But acknowledging sort of the political violence that's occurring and pointing that as a reason not to have this discussion. Uh and and in fact right. we we need to have that. I think that's a little better way of putting it. So and 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 how people like Majid who are who are ha- trying to have this conversation with the people that they grew up with, the people that they are culturally, uh, you know, connected to, and and it, it, you're undoing yeah. the good work that that and the, the the essential work that they they need to be doing. It's uh
1: yeah yeah one, one thing maybe to add, just to add to that that would be um, worth mentioning is um, yeah at the very end of the film obviously you know ninety <laughs> percent of the film is the skeleton of this conversation between Sam and Majid. But it was important for us to, to uh, there's a jumping off point at the very end of the film where, where Majid answers the question on stage uh, in Australia about basically continuing the conversation. Right. Uh, he, makes, he alludes to Charlie Hebdo as well. And right from there, we cut to a lot of other faces. And there's a lot of other interviews that unfortunately didn't make the final cut. But I think one thing I want listeners and viewers to know is that this, Conversation and this deliberation is, ha- is happening in the Muslim world of reform or just throw it away or it's fine the way it is. like All of these conversations about religion and culture and identity, they're happening, of course, in the Muslim world uh, and the ex Muslim world now. And I wanted to showcase a few of those faces. So there's people like Ali Rizvi, who's a,
0: a phenomenal writer,
1: his book called The Atheist Muslim, uh, Faisal Mutar who's sort of this incredible group called Ideas Beyond Borders. There's um, Adam Dean, who was formerly with Quilliam and has his own incredible story. He was a member of Al-Mahajarun. There's just like an endless pit of these people who are having this conversation. Ayan herself, of course, is in it. and Some people love her, some people hate her. I'm a big fan. There's Sarah Hader, who didn't make the film, but she's great. If you just do a little digging on the surface, you'll find, you know, like everything, of course, Islam is not a monolith, and Muslims are not a monolith. monolith. You'll find a million Opinions about this kind of thing, and that's that's the point: is that we need to continue the conversation and open the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and and w- another thing with the film that I keep reiterating that that I hope also is clear is that we don't pretend that we have some final perfect answer to this. Right. Uh, we we end the film. This is I guess another spoiler. Back at the restaurant where the men first clashed, yeah. and I and I basically just set up the camera and said like just just go, just continue the conversation. And we just let it roll, and it's one static shot, and then, and then we roll the credits over it as a visual, almost as a bookend to the beginning, but a visual reminder that this just has to go on. You know, the credits are rolling and they're still talking. That was kind of what we yeah. were trying yeah. to <laughs> accomplish there, that it's, it's an open conversation. I hope the film, and, it, you know, we call it a film, but it's the project is an invitation to continue the conversation, like you were mentioning, in, in sort of a larger context. Um, and, we, and we don't know the final answer, but one thing I think everybody involved in the conversation is, is uh, convinced by is that having it imperfectly is better than having it not at all. Yeah. And we're sure that there's more perfect ways to have it. And if there's listeners out there who view it, who think the men are missing something, or me as the director is missing something important, that's great. Like, we want to hear from you and, and join in. It's just the fear of having it... Um, Majid's been using this analogy of the Voldemort effect to make a Harry Potter reference of, you know, that that shall not be named just becomes more scary. And if you actually just take the time to look at it, it there, there's, there's very little to actually fear. Uh, so anybody who, who hears the title of the film and immediately cringes or shies away, just watch it, and yes. I bet you'll find it's way less controversial or scary than you initially thought, even if you disagree with... You know, ninety percent of the words that that are set on the screen. Um, yeah, yeah. That's, I, that's, that's, that's that's my pitch.
0: That that <laughs> is a great. That's a great pitch, uh, Jay Shapiro. The the l- one last thing that I think that uh, Sam says when they're having this discussion back and forth about the sort of concentric circles of what it, it what the world of Islam is, and describing the different sort of uh, characteristics of the the different groups as that grouping them together. And when he says, and help me a little bit with this. When Sam says, I want to be essentially disabused. If I'm wrong, I want to get away from being wrong as quickly yeah. as I can. If if that is that about right? Yeah,
1: that's pretty much the line. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to be wrong for one second longer than I need to be. <laughs> which I, which is a great attitude. I think all of us should have. Absolutely. Uh, you could just call it critical thinking or a scientific mindset. But yeah, yeah. the if if you find yourself too sure of any um, <laughs> position. Consider the notion that you may be wrong and be willing to listen to other people. It doesn't mean you are, but just be open to that possibility. Um, yeah, yeah it, I, that's maybe one of my favorite moments in the film when Sam, it comes, I, I know the point you're you're talking about, is when Sam reassesses a line that he wrote in that book, The End of Faith, his initial reaction right. to 9-11. Right. And the line itself was, we are at war with Islam, yeah. period. That was the sentence he wrote. Uh, it's surrounded by a lot of other Qualifiers. Paragraphs yeah. that maybe couch it and parse yeah. it and cut it into different pieces. But onboarding the language that he gained in this dialogue with Majid um, certainly allowed him, if he was writing that book again, I don't know if he would write that line. He probably wouldn't write that line because he meant something a lot more precise than that. And to go back to the tightrope analogy, for many people reading that line, uh, that's when he falls off. And, and not surprisingly so because that's, probably a, a, a sloppily written line that's obviously easy to misinterpret. And when you're, again, as you mentioned, when you're not speaking in a vacuum, when you're writing a book, people are going to read it. It's not just sort of like a philosophy seminar where you could be wrong openly without consequence. Uh, being wrong openly has consequence when you're doing it publicly or being misunderstood. I think there's a responsibility that any speaker, and including a filmmaker, takes to be, uh, uh, to to try to be misunderstood as few times as possible to a reasonable extent. Right. doesn't mean you kowtow to the lowest common denominator, but to a reasonable extent, you have, to, you have to play that game. And writing a line like we are at war with Islam maybe isn't playing it in the most responsible way possible. I don't think Sam was wrong in that line, knowing what he meant, but being able to express it more precisely, more accurately, using a lot of language and tools that he gained from Majid, um, as he says is you know indispensable and that's that's now what he does so whether it's I don't want to be wrong for a minute longer than I need to be as he says or I don't want to be as imprecise <laughs> as I have been for any moment longer than I need to be that's just an attitude that I, you know I think we all should adopt and be willing to grant each other right you know we're very quick to jump on each other these days on social media and every other kind of this call-out culture that we live in, which also wasn't very helpful. We need to give people the benefit of the doubt, to you know really say what they mean. It doesn't mean excuse everything. Some people are just bigoted and want to say bigoted things, and that's we need to we need to address that. But some people are just trying to make sense the best they can and might not be doing it perfectly, and we shouldn't immediately you know <laughs> cast them aside as some awful person if they've done it ninety nine percent correctly. Um or, or, or well it's and if you could if you could make an argument that they could do it better, ho- hopefully you can in a space where they'd be willing to hear you.
0: Well, that's the point of his what he said i, I will I will I am willing to be wrong. and I think everyone and everyone, if you, you consider yourself intellectual in any way, this is an integral part of being an intellectual person is to to acknowledge that you might be wrong. Uh, and 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 be willing to change if that is the case. And I think, as Sam says in the film, you know, the book came out in the context. He started writing it the day after, or two days after nine eleven. Uh, and for most yeah. people in the Western world, for most, the vast majority. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say the vast majority of the people in the Western world before the engagement of the Western world in the context of. Uh, the 1990s, the invasion of Iraq, and then and the, obviously on uh, 911 and our invasion of Iraq again, n- the vast majority wouldn't have known there was a Sunni and a Shia, Shia sect. They wouldn't know, they wouldn't yeah. know there was an impenetrable world on that level for most people in the Western world. And so uh, now yeah. we are there whether it was a good idea or not, and all of the things that we are now intricate, we are woven together in terms of facing the future of the world as we a better world, if you will. So now we have more context. We have a greater understanding, and we understand the flaws as well as we have to understand our own flaws. And and so all of this, yeah. and this is what's yeah, so beautiful sure. about the film. This is what's so remarkable because both of the, these very able uh, people are able to articulate something that we all need to know more about. Well, um, Hope so. yeah, and also the last thing I'm going to say to you, again, I, you've alluded to some, we've talked about sort of the visual metaphors. It's just a beautiful film to look at, and what I really appreciate about it is the sort of the pace of it. It is a pace that is inviting and visually uh, it interesting, and I just thought all of the component parts of this, you mentioned uh, Earl Morris as an influence, it's it, it certainly, it's just a beautiful film to sit and watch. It, it's a it's something that uh, it invites you in, and uh, and you want to stay there. And I, I just think, uh, congratulations to both you and Desh for your work here. It's, a, it's really a beautiful film to look at, as well.
1: Thank you, yeah, and uh, obviously a huge uh, shout-out to my camera crew and my DP and, you know, watch the credits closely, those guys were awesome because we were able to do a lot on not the, the biggest of budget, but yeah, I love I loved everything we were, we were able to accomplish.
0: I mean, I'm getting a little nerdy, but the lighting in almost all of the different settings that you have, especially with... Uh my, uh, Majid uh, in the down wherever that was in that sort of uh, lower level yeah. area. <laughs> beautiful, it's just a beautiful film to yeah. look at, and yeah. Uh, uh, so congratulations, Jason
1: Strangle. My my DT would be would be thrilled that you mentioned that. He he loves light, and he, he's really good at it. And uh, yeah, there was some. I, I've worked with him all over the world on a lot of different projects, and he's sort of a genius MacGyver at using whatever <laughs> whatever's available <laughs> and whatever budget we have to pull that stuff off. So yeah. And, he's, that that's awesome.
0: You uh, you're thrilled to hear that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, that there's a number. And I I'm a, I'm a big fan even of the just sort of the the everything blackout except you you've lit the the subject. There's a there's a number of uh, uh, scenes where yeah. it's just them. In just the most uh, minimal sort of light, uh, surrounded by complete uh, you know black around them, and it's it's just yeah, yeah. I, I, the the visual metaphor at the beginning where Sam comes in and sits down in the empty theater and starts talking to the camera, it is uh, all of it. As for for film buffs, film nerds, it, it's a it's wonderful. You're you're gonna love that, uh, love the film on that level as well. So. Thanks. Well, again, the film is Islam and the Future of Tolerance, and we've been talking to the co-director, and that would be Jay Shapiro, and as long as well as his uh, partner in crime here, Desh Amila. Uh, I want to thank you for. Yeah. Fi- I want to thank you for for finding time to come uh, and join us today here on Film School. It's been a pleasure, and a congratulations on the film. It's available on all the different platforms. It, it landed on December 11th, and moving forward, check it out. iTunes, Amazon, all the all the the usual uh, um, places. So uh, check it this out, Islam and the Future of Tolerance. Thank you so much, Jay Shapiro.
1: Thanks so much for having me.
0: You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.